At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! I think we're trucking with Jock here in a minute. Oh, Captain, it's the ticket 93.7. I'm back. And on the phone, I think we are trucking with Jock. Jock. <laughs> what you got for me, Jock? Let me hear this rant, Jock. What you got? Current affairs. Current affairs. What you got? Current affairs. Listen here to all you people out there driving SUVs and pickup trucks. And it's snowing and freezing outside. I got two syllables for you. Sandbags. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> <sighs> That was trucking with Jock, man. I guess he hung up on me. Dang. Sandbags. Man. Missouri, he's in Missouri, so, you know, when it snows in Missouri, I'd imagine when it snows in Missouri, sometimes, you know, it's like Texas. It snows in Texas. It's shutting the whole city, state, everywhere. It shuts it down. Bro. The, the horn gets me. The horn got me. Just... That was our trucking with Jock mode. <laughs> trucking with Jock mode. We're gonna we're gonna try to bring Jock back all the time. Where we trucking with Jock, you know. What <sighs> he should have told us where he was at first. I know. Well, told, that, at least warmed up a little. I know. He just said what he Sand said. Sandbags. You know, sandbags, and then and, and then, then hung I up on us. Just it. hung up. With friends like that, who need enemies? Man, I'm trying to tell you, man. So Nick, what's up? Current state of affairs of Nebraska football. Where are okay. we at? Um, practice is getting ready to start in a, in a couple weeks. I think. Yes, uh, like spring uh, ball. You're talking. Yeah, I think yeah. February 28th. I believe so. First practice. Start. You getting the buzz yet? You drinking the Kool Aid? No. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. There's a lot to be excited about. Like, I'm excited for the season. But once again, I've been excited the whole time, and and it's been a, it's been kind of a letdown. So. With that being said, they have, I mean, looking at the roster and, and talking about it every day like we do, they have the talent to win more than six games. Mm. But here we are, and we've been in that boat before, and they've only won three, four, maybe five. And so 
you're you're just kind of holding on tight, seeing what happens. Uh, kind of like Steve was saying earlier, is that it's it's show it mode. Show us. Stop telling us. Show us. And that's gonna be that's gonna be a saying that we talk about a lot, and we we repeat over and over throughout spring ball. Show me. Show us. Tell us. And and the the reality of it is, VJ, a lot of people that aren't former players aren't going to be able to be uh, take anything away from spring practice. That aren't. General fans and, and a lot of the media won't be able to take a lot from the spring game. See, and that's what's sad because it is. the spring game was always built, you, you, you know, there were stars born in the spring game. Yeah, well, well we've, seen, we've seen guys like a Will Nixon, right? Will Nixon's a guy that always comes to my mind who I'm disappointed we have not seen yet, partially because of injuries um, in that wide receiver room, partially because the wide receiver room has been – has had a lot of bodies. That's a better way to put it. Um, and and he just hasn't been able to get on the field in, in a in a bigger role. But with with a guy like Will Nixon, he's show he's played well in the spring game, caught a couple passes, and then he just doesn't show up, or we don't see him in the fall. And so th- there's a lot of bodies in that that you can see. There's a lot of things uh, that you can hope to take away from the spring game, but. Once again, like how much can you really take away from a two-hand touch game nowadays? Ah, uh, well, it's not. It, it, it'll be some it, competition. I don't think it'll be some two-hand touch. I think it'll well, be well. It was last year, so that's what we're. I, I I can't go off of yeah. last year. And last year we didn't have four coaches. Last year we didn't have uh, uh, Thompson. We didn't have Purdy. We didn't have some of the guys and the pieces that we have today. You're right. We didn't have any of those guys in the receiving room for the most part. So I mean, we we did. We had uh, yeah. some guys coming back. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the receiving room wasn't as bad as shape. You know, again, offensive line. I'm still concerned about. John asked, <laughs> "Is there a football coach in Nebraska uh, who thinks that if if there's a football coach that's in Nebraska who thinks he has a player or two that can play at Nebraska, who do they contact?" I would contact Kenny Wilhite. I was to say that's who and, does the and, instant and stuff. I'll give you the number. Contact Kenny Wilhite. Uh, and it just called it. Just call the stadium four zero two four seven two three one one six. Again, I've been knowing that number for a while. I was going to say, time. man, you rattled that off real quick. Yeah, I, you can't forget that number because back in the day, before we had cell phones, you had telephones, you had pay phones, mm-hmm. and you had to dial it every time. Was it that? Did, have you ever used a dial phone? As in, like, yeah, like dial a dial phone though. The, the circle, <laughs> yeah, and it comes back. I don't know if I have. I mean, I'm quite sure we got a phone to, to touch, but I mean a dial phone. We used to have those stupid dial phones back in the day. A little circle thing. But, Rico John, has. I hope that answered your question. Uh, uh, Kenny Wilhite, 402-472-3116 if you think you got a player that can play. Uh, also, yeah, hit me, makes... you know what I mean, hit me up. Uh, I, I don't do I, – I got a, I got an email here, something at the ticket. I don't know what exactly it is. Uh, yeah. You have to ask Mark. We'll give you – I'll give you guys my email. Send them to me. I can kind of look at him and give you a heads up on what he is. You want to read Ellison, Illinois? Yeah, this is a really good one, and kind of I think what we're both getting at, Vershawn. Ellison, Illinois says this, we've done a lot of good things this offseason, and there's a lot of optimism, but one big unknown still remains, Frost. As an example, when it's obvious to all that the run game will work, will Frost continue to call cute pass plays that are doomed to fail? I'm I'm almost not necessarily disregarding the second part, but the first part I think is is a big part of of how everybody's feeling. Um, it's just I think a lot of people are skeptical whether or not Scott Frost in at Nebraska is going to work. They want it to. Don't don't get it twisted between they want it to, and they're willing to do almost anything that they're able to to allow it to work. 
rather than will it work? Mark I think that's the thing. Whipple. So well, well, saw. Mark Whipple, Mickey Joe. I mean, that's the thing. When when Ellis says this, we've done a lot of good things this offseason. We've done Scott Frost and the staff, or, or the people inside the athletic department, have done everything the fans wanted this offseason. So, in terms of a, of a quality offseason, this has been it. They they made changes with the coaching staff, not necessarily at head coach, obviously, but they've made changes at coaching staff where positions were failing. They have um, brought in a transfer quarterback, something different, where Adrian Martinez kind of was just getting stale as the quarterback at Nebraska was not winning enough yeah, games. You obviously, just, you said just getting stale. Well, it was stale. Oh, it was stale. Yeah, it was it was stale. Stale bread. Okay. Um, and we bring it, or Nebraska brings in not one but two transfer quarterbacks. Now, once again, with that being said, you can look at the offensive line. They bring in guys from uh, in the wide receiver room. Like they made have made a lot of changes in a span of about three months. And that, so they've that done. Should, they've, that should tell you. You're because right. You, that should tell you that we are headed and trending in the right direction. Because these are hard decisions, man. When you got to fire your buddies, you know how hard that is to fire guys that you known for. 20, 30 years. I mean, well, Ryan he did it, he held did the it guy that, that Scott knew for years. Well, he did it for three years ago now. Where when he fired, when he let go of uh, Troy Walters. That's so we, we've still... seen we've seen smaller portions of changes, but this year is kind of the first time that we've seen a major overhaul, and not not just a couple places, but throughout the whole program. And a big part of that, VJ, mm-hmm. I think, is Trev Alberts. It, I, I think it's a huge part of it. You're only good as the top, buddy. You know, and and having Trev be the head coach of that athletic organization, I think is uh, nothing short of amazing. I think he'll do an excellent job. Um, it's just going to be uh, how well we get along with all the other coaches. How how well do we take direction? How well do we say, okay, you know, Trev is 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 an ultimate black shirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do we listen to the Trev Albers of the world? And and I and I would imagine Trev let, lets those guys coach and do what they do. Yeah, but at some, he, he said that publicly too. Yeah, at some at some point there are certain things that I would imagine that he would say as well, just yeah. being the athletic director and knowing what he knows. And so I think, uh, you know, I w- it's a waiting game. But I think mm-hmm. we'll we'll know a little bit more about what we look like after that first practice. I will also say this. Um, I wonder, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong always, uh, I wonder if there's been coaches in those those circles and within the program that have not wanted to listen to other coaches, to the people from the top. So, like, for everybody, you're saying that as well, like, as long as the players listen to the new coaches and how well they mesh together, right? But then I think a big part of that is coaching list, coaches listening to other coaches and working as a collective unit. I think that's a big part of it yeah, that I, that may have been lacking. We're headed in the right direction. I think you know, making sure that um, the narrative is what we're doing now, not what we did in the past. What, yep. how we're moving forward. If if you can't see the strides that we're taking, you're blind. And I think as long as we continue to take those strides in the right direction, you know, and and we continue to make the tough decisions, whether at a position, mm-hmm. whether a coaching doesn't matter if it's not working we need to change it up a little bit and see if we can get it to work and I think they've done that and I think again, they have Husker Nation I'm drinking a big red Kool-Aid uh, I'll tell you when the, when the Kool-Aid is getting bitter 
and, and, and it's dull, and I didn't have any more sugar. So Jory says this, um, Husker Nation has a right to be frustrated, but Frost and Alberts have made the changes desired by everyone involved, and fans need to get behind Frost again, all in, and support him again. Leave negative thoughts in the past where they belong. Move forward, please. Yes. Yeah, move forward. I will say this, and this isn't pushing back on what Jory says. All we have to go off of in terms of how the the head coach performs is the last four years, right? So with that being said, don't don't hang on the past. Don't hang on to three and nine. Don't hang on to four and eight. Don't hang on to five and seven or, or whatever it was, two and six during the during the COVID year. But I will say this, like Jory said, and like we both agreed to before, they've made changes that we've that this, everybody has asked for, Every- and it's been tough. So there's a lot to be optimistic and excited about. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I guess this is more of a question than a statement. I mean, how much time does this staff have to get it? Like, you got to do it now. Exactly. Everyone involved knows that the time is now. We can't wait to next week. We can't wait to Bingo. next year. You gotta win, and you gotta do it this year. Exactly, and so that's what makes this in, this season so interesting. And and we'll bring it up once we get closer to the, to August twenty eighth or whatever day they play Northwestern in Ireland. But you have to remember that Frost's contract buyout. When we're talking about what's best for the program, it, worst case scenario, just be if it doesn't work, if it doesn't start showing uh, results in the first couple weeks, there's a chance that this thing gets really really interesting. By week seven, week eight, week nine in the season. Not saying that there's going to be a change made in the middle of the year, but you could start having those conversations if results don't aren't shown right out of the I right mean, out of the bat. If we just go out there and lay an egg, then that'd be a whole different ball game. And I can't. I don't see think that we happening. do. I don't think we do either. Right. I, I mean, I mean, the way I look at it, and I look at this, the, I look at who we play, and when we play them. Yep. I mean, I'm not so for sure Oklahoma ain't a given anymore. I think Oklahoma game is a given. Here's a why. Win? Yeah, they've okay. got to come to Lincoln. Okay. That's one. Two, they're going to see some things that they haven't seen before. Three, yep. that team that beat us last year it's should not have won that game. Period. All you got to do is more, go look at the box score. More of Nebraska should have won that game and, and Nebraska lost that game. Look at the box score. Oklahoma didn't win that yeah, game. I mean. No, we gave the game. Listen, of all the games, I, there was probably, out of the three games, well, uh, out of the nine games we lost, I think there are probably uh, two that I say it didn't matter that we came back in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma, we were still going to lose that. Yeah. But the rest of the games, all winnable. All self-inflicted wounds. Well, I think I think you could put Michigan in that category, too. Well, yeah, self-inflicted, self-inflicted wounds. wounds. Yeah, but I'm Adrian saying. Adrian Martinez fumble. Well, you know, there was a lot of those fumbles or interceptions. There was. That I think if you clean up, that makes us at least a two uh, to four touchdown difference. What about what about Michigan State? Can't punt the ball the right way. It's the same thing. We got so, Bill, That's we what got, I'm saying. So, I'm well, sorry, we got Bill, off self-inflicted. Right, yeah, right, self-inflicted. But, yeah. again, now let's look at how we fix that problem. You bring in Bill Bush. There who, you go. Who, Bill Bush was working with special teams last year, just not on the field. Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. The, so now there's, a, there's the a title. Change. Yeah, yes. Having the title 
versus just working with a person is two different things. When you have the title, that means you have the responsibility. That means that somebody's going to be held accountable, and it's Coach Bush. So if if, if it implodes, yeah. guess who they're going to ask the questions to? Exactly. Coach Bush. Well, hey, last Coach. year we weren't able to because we, we were like, who's really running special teams during the games, and we never got that clear answer. Mm-hmm. Was it Scott Frost? Was it somebody else? Was it Dawson? Like there was, There were a lot of questions there. Bryce makes a really good point here. To get the fans back on Frost's side, Nebraska has to come out and blow the doors off of Northwestern. A quick start is a big improvement over the years past. Let's not forget, Scott Frost has not won more than three or three games in a row at Nebraska. So if there's there are three, I don't want to say givens, let's say givens, given games, Northwestern, North Dakota, and Georgia Southern. Should be givens. But I can tell you three right now, up. North Dakota and Georgia Southern, they're going to be a little bit well, more tricky than we think. Well, Georgia Southern is going to be kind of like the a, a lower level Buffalo. Yeah, and, because and plus now they have a new head coach in Clay Helton who came from USC. Those type of teams, you know what you do to them? You line up Nick, and you run them into the ground. You just beat out them physical, out physical. Yep. Them, you beat them up. You let those hogs up front. You let them eat, eat, and eat some more. Yeah. And then you pop a couple play action passes in there. Yeah. You know, but 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 the teams that we're supposed to beat up, we have got to beat them up, and I mean beat them up good. Don't don't let up. I think that's something that Nebraska fans don't want to see is get, taking your foot off the gas pedal. Well, you take and by doing that, you take what the defense gives you, you take what the offense gives you. You don't say, "Hey, this is my offense. It's not working, but I'm going to keep running it anyway." No. Mm-hmm. You change. You do something different. You you change on the fly. And you do something completely different. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that if it's broke, we fix it. And if it's not broke, we don't fix it. If do a what team you know says, what works. Well, if a team says, I'm going to give you the pass, then let's throw it around 50 times. Yeah. But if a team is going to give you the run, don't throw it around 50 times trying to prove a point that we can run our offense anyway. Something that Bryce said about the fast start, um, a quick start to the season. I remember having the conversation at the beginning of last season and looking at the schedule and saying, all right, the back half is tough, but the front half going into the season, we didn't know Michigan State was going to be a a top 10 team throughout the season, right? So that one we can we can forget about. But we should have st- Nebraska should have still won that game. I, I remember having that conversation on my show beginning at, before the season saying, all right, Nebraska against Illinois. Brett Bielema, you f- in a first-year head coach with your, at the time, going into your fourth year of a starting quarterback, you feel confident that Nebraska is going to be able to get the win. So one and zero, Fordham two and zero, Buffalo three and zero. You could be going three and zero in Oklahoma. Nebraska once again, like you said, VJ could have beaten Oklahoma, even if they didn't. You're three and one. Nebraska should have beaten Michigan State. You're four and one. Like there's a way here that that season last year looks incredibly different if you get a week one win, or week zero, I guess it was, against Illinois. Uh, and you got to do that now. And, and that, that's what I'm saying. Once again, you're lucky, as Nebraska, that you're set up for that opportunity once again. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, before Mike Riley, it was we were winning the first game of the season every single year. We had that streak that led the nation in that. Um, and, and then we lost it on the, the Hail Mary to BYU, where Tan- Tanner Mangum, or whatever his name is, threw the Hail Mary at Memorial Stadium. And now this year, it's those "quote unquote" easy conference games aren't showing out to be as easy. Mm-hmm. Let's t- let's take Ricky. Let's see All what right. Ricky's talking about. Ricky, what's on your mind, man? 
Hey, Ricky, I, I, this is Ricky. I have a question for you. Um, late in the game or late in the year, we received the uh, the kickoff, the very first kickoff, and uh, we got the ball on 25. And then uh, we went out there and we got a um, uh, delay of game on the very first call. Mm. And then the next play, there was a legal procedure. And I need your, I want your thoughts on that. Is that is that coaching or was that the players? Because uh, I can just remember that being at a football party and just being down in the dumps going like, you know, this is football 101. Why can't these guys, you know, get it together? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Ricky, that was Oklahoma, wasn't it? I think so. I believe so, too. Thank you. Yeah, so I remember being up in the press box mm-hmm. at Oklahoma and I thought, I mean, Oklahoma went down and, and Nebraska was on offense. And I, I remember that thinking, dude we really showed up like this, it was penalty after penalty on the first uh, drive. That's coaching. Sorry, but that's coaching. Yeah, no, don't and be sorry. Th- those are things that we have to get fixed. You know, those are all things that, that Scott's got to get fixed. We got to clean those things up, and it starts with Coach Frost. He's got to clean them up. The delay of game is all coaching. Um, you know, the, the, the having the ball in 25, the jumping off sides, again, I think is coaching because if a, if a, if a kid is jumping off sides – two, three years into his tenure at Nebraska, I tell you what he's not doing for me. You ain't playing for me, okay? You're either going to figure it out or you will not. You're going to be right over here like Coach Coach McBride said, standing standing next to me with the clipboard. Here's Put a, a hat on. Here, here's a – I mean, is it safe to say that happens in practice? Well, it's you, allowed in practice. We're all creatures of habit. I don't know if it's allowed. No no coach just well, allows if, if people jumping off sides. But, but, but if it's not maybe allowed, he doesn't discipline them the right way. I was going to say. It's that thing what Steve Warren said. Yep. You got to coach different players differently. You can't mm-hmm. coach all the kids the same. I was going to say, because if it's it not being allowed but not being disciplined the right way in practice, then they're not too worried about not them making that mistake in the game. I don't think that that – I think now, again, that we put some policy and procedures, and those policy and procedures is Mark Whipple, Mickey Zelsev, uh Donovan Riola, uh, Apple White. Those are the policies and procedures that you put in place on offense. That In so, terms of what? Well, in terms of it's their responsibility to make sure no guys are jumping off sides. Okay. Yeah. They're not holding. It's, it's People are going to be held accountable now because, yeah. one – Everybody knows, right? You can't hide who you are. Who you really are is who you really are. Everybody sees who you really are for who you are, especially when you're in the the, the, the public eye. Well, and, and they made a good point on the text line. Week zero, all eyes are on Nebraska. Like, Nebraska is the is the headliner game of that week zero this year. Once again, it was last year against Illinois. Once again, it does. it is this year. If they don't come out and, and play well – then we're going to be staring down the same thought process that we were at the beginning of last year. And that postgame show, VJ, after Illinois, not fun. Mm-hmm. The postgame press conference when Scott Frost came out and said, listen, they came out in a different look than we than we prepared for. We weren't ready. Oh. That would like that stuff can't happen this year. There's nah, no there's no, there's no room. excuses. There's no room for that nah, anymore. There's no excuses. There's no blaming on somebody else. We gotta take responsibility from a, a, a holistic standpoint from Nebraska, all of us, we have to take responsibility, and those coaches have to take responsibility. They chose to be coaches at the University of Nebraska. You don't, Nobody's forcing you to be a coach at the University of Nebraska. And so if you're going to be a coach, 
we need to make sure that we do like the volleyball team and we consistently win. We, we win the games we're supposed to win and we win the, some of the games that we're not supposed to win. That's how you put a good season together. That's how you change the mindset of Nebraska football from a losing mindset. Because I can tell you right now, losing is infectious just like winning is, is infectious. And when you start winning games, you start building confidence, you start seeing guys start to get it, the light comes on. Before you know it, the entire team is infected with winning attitude. Yeah. I'm just saying. Mr. Unlimited. That's during the play. Coaches can't prevent those penalties. Yeah, you're right. They can't. But at practice, they can. We're talking about practice. We got the Allen Iverson Not deal. Yet. We got to get that, man. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Master Texter says, is Cam Jurgens a center? In the league? Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I, well, I, he's, this, he, this last year he's not, showed. going to play guard? Well. Tackle? I, no. Cam Jurgens is a prototypical mm-hmm. center. He's built for it. Now he is. Um, we're talking. We're yes. talking to now. I know. I the know. masker, mass texter says, or, or is Cam Jurgens the center? I think so. Uh, no, but coaches force him to be for his career, right? Because Cam Jurgens came on defense, didn't he? He he started as a tight end, then went to uh, center. Okay, my, my point is he developed into a guy that has the potential to get drafted. Well, what I will say um, with Cam. We didn't hear about him this year. And out of a center, that's okay. Like, I think I think at Nebraska, where offensive line has kind of been abysmal these last few years, it's okay to not hear about a guy because in recent years, when we hear about somebody on the offensive line, it's for negative reasons. You didn't hear about bad snaps this last season. You heard about it two years ago, but you didn't hear about the bad snaps this last season. You didn't hear about the little things like that. The only time you heard about Cam Jurgens, really, on, on TV was against Oklahoma when he drove a dude back and kept on playing football, and they called it an unnecessary yeah, roughness, which was, a, which was totally garbage. bogus. Yes. Totally that's the bogus. Old, That's one time. And if you want to hear about him at that point, I'm all for it. Because that dude drove him back while the play was still going on just – 10 yards away from where the where the tackle was being made. Mask texture, I, I, I get what you're saying Absolutely. as far as no, but the coaches forced him to be. But where would he be today if they hadn't forced him to be a center? Where would he be today? What would he be doing today? What position well, ma- mask test? Do you really think Cam Jurgens is a tight end? That's when he, when he came in here. I, I don't care when he came in. I'm just saying, though, that's what his body type was. You don't go, right? You don't go from – Okay, your body type is a tight end in the beginning, and then you formulate into a center unless somebody was halfway smart and understood that you could do it. They, that's the cool. whole thing. Could Scott Frost imagine? made that. I know that, but that, but we're talking about Mass Texter, who's saying what he's saying right now about you know he's Cam not Jordan. saying Cam, Mass, Mass Texter's not saying he could be a tight end now. I, I know, but no, he said, but, Mass Texter says when he came. Into college football, he had never played offensive line, yes. and they put him in at center. Huge mistake. You got to tell me why that was a huge mistake, because who in the heck would we have played if we didn't play Jurgens at center? I don't believe it was a huge mistake, but I, I will say when he got to Nebraska, he was a superior at, like athlete. Yes. Like, the dude was, was crazy athletic for a tight end. He was, you know, for how heavy he was, he was getting up with ease, and, getting his, like, forehead at the rim, dunking the basketball, playing, and, and yeah. you know, on the track, 
um, track and field. He was he was um, a fantastic thrower. Um, I, but I think you know he was he was a very highly not highly rated but highly recruited tight end. He he had offers from a lot of different well, he was schools. A four star. He had a lot of different schools uh, coming after him as a tight end. He got to Nebraska. He, he broke his leg, put on the pounds, and they were like, you know what, center. Well, and I, I because they wanted him to be super athletic to and and the, with his speed be able to pull because with with what they do they pull their center a lot so he was perfect for that. I also think I I could be wrong on this one. I, I believe that at Beatrice he played defense. I believe he was a linebacker as well, and he was he was a pretty good linebacker. So I suppose he was recruited as a tight end, but he could have moved to linebacker outside. Um, but I think Scott Frost. In his first couple of years, we saw him make changes to P- to players' body types. We saw it with Adrian. We saw it with Cam Jurgens as well. Um, do I think it was a huge mistake? No, but I think Cam Jurgens, when he w- committed to Nebraska like twelve years ago, it feels like, even though I know that's that's uh, way too far, because um, he was committed to Nebraska for a couple of years before he actually got here. Uh, he he came in as a tight end, and that's how he started his career. At how long has Cam Jurgens been the starter? Well, he was a starter for two se- two seasons, at center. So, and the, the junior year was not good. I get that, but 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 what did we have in his stead? Well, I know, but I'm saying that's why that's why I'm saying though. VJ is like the junior year was not good. The senior year he showed progress because you didn't hear about him. Mm. That's like, what I'm, so like that's what I'm saying. There's no there's no mistake. I liked there. him last year too. I thought he he was the most gritty offensive lineman we had. That's just that's just me. And sometimes you need grit on the offensive side of the ball in order to to um, dominate yes. the defense. You got to have that guy that's really gritty that doesn't care. Um, I mean, to me, it's an a testament of how to take a guy who came in at this and then go from that and. He started for three seasons, seven six one one. That's seven. right. Yes, three seasons. Okay, yes, so sorry about that. You don't start for three seasons at the University of Nebraska, and you're 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 a bum. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. I think R- Rico us- Rico might have thoughts here. Hold on, let's see what Rico has. I got a little uh, mic. Don't know if I care about. What he was absolutely horrific his first year, but they didn't have anyone else to turn to. My their point. backup, their backup was a true freshman who actually did play center. Uh, in high school, but it was uh, Will F- Will Farniak. That's right. Who is now at Western Kentucky? I believe so. And they also had a freshman from Bellevue West who was now the starting center for Montana. Um, yes. But it was those. It was those three. Um, and uh, what's his name? Tanner Tanner Farmer. Yes, Farmer. because when That's when right. he struggled, they moved Tanner Farmer to center. Yep. And they actually for a couple games, Cam or I think it was like a game or two, Cam didn't play. Or maybe that was before he got there. That might have been Tanner Farmer. Might have been well, okay, that. yes. And maybe, might have been when he broke his leg. Maybe I need to reiterate what I said. He was not bad at blocking. His blocking was good. Jordan Jordan called me out. Yeah, that's, his snapping issues trumped everything. But though. that's but that's the number one job yes. for a center yes. is so getting Jordan, the ball you, to the you quarterback. Right. You are right, well, Jordan. Again, we talking, when you talk about that, you got to talk development. Okay, Bingo. you got to talk, Bingo. You got to talk. Before Cam Jurgens ever moved to center, there should have been two or three other backups there. You know, and, depth. and so yeah, you gotta have depth. depth. You gotta, and, have and we're it. in the same position now. You gotta have it. I mean, I unless we have some wall. I I really think we gotta have a couple of walk on kids that are. I can't say they're game ready, mm-hmm. but I think they're close. But let me be honest, VJ. The walk on the walk ons aren't looked at and viewed the same way that they were twenty years ago, thirty years ago. Mm. Unfortunately, 
mm-hmm. the, the walk-ons, once again, you talk about develop development, aren't being developed like they were 30 years ago. They don't have the mentality that they did 30 years well, ago. players aren't, and it's not 30, so stop saying it. You, you're making Almost close. Really 27? Old. Well, uh, you talking about when I played? When, 95. Game? 95. Oh, well, 93. Yeah, 20, yeah, you're right. 95 would have been 27. 23, 27. So 29. Ouch. You almost I'm, I'm doing my math, oh, man. My, yeah, so it's man, almost 30. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I know that is because yesterday, remember, Wet Blanket called me out because I did the pious math, and it was tw- I said 20 years since 95, mm-hmm. and it was not. Tw- it's more than 20 years. Yeah, well, here's my point. You know, when we talked to Steve, besides Noonan, there was no other lineman nope. coming out of his program. Well, I'll also say this. They let one go um, from Omaha Central and went to Wyoming for Craig Bull. The, the 7611 makes a good point. Good linemen that would be walk-ons are now at smaller schools like North Dakota State and South Dakota State. North Dakota State, and, well, when South Dakota State had uh, Dan Jackson, who is now at Northern Illinois, Dan Jackson, who still recruits Northern Illinois, that's how um, the running back who transferred to Memphis uh, Jay Ducker. Ducker. Mm-hmm. That's how he got to Northern Illinois, the connection with Dan Jackson. Mm. So it's like Dan Jackson as a coach, um, he, he understands and has connections rooted in Nebraska, which once again goes back to the whole thought of Nebraska coaches have to recruit Nebraska. Get, it, I and, just, and Mickey Joseph's a big part of that. I just can't understand how in the world don't we have yep. some office of linemen from out in western Nebraska uh, you know, farm. well, because they're all going to Wyoming. It's all it's Wyoming. It's South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota. If you go to North Dakota State, there's a chance that three or four years you're playing in three or four national title games at the FCS level. Yeah, we got to change the narrative on that. You got to, and, and you know and how winning. you change the narrative: winning, not just winning, not just winning. You start to recruit potential. Yep. In the ninth grade, well, you start to recruit potential in the tenth grade, eleventh grade. 12th grade. You don't wait until Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. blah, 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 Missouri, all these teams come offer a kid, and then at the last minute we come running like, hey, yep. we, we didn't forget about you. We just wanted to wait and hey, see. And and we're seeing that currently, right, with Zane Flores. There you go. That's, I mean, that's my point. It's, it's all about establishing relationships. Early. And, and here's the thing. It's not just – driving past a school, taking a picture, posting on Twitter saying, "Hey, I visited this high school today." Yeah. You you got to go in. You got to make sure that the the athletes know that you as a coach are listening and that you actually care. You can't walk in, talk to them, say, "Hey, yeah, we're watching film of you." and then leave 30 seconds later. Mm-hmm. You got to have a conversation. You have to establish relationships like you just said mm-hmm. when you're in the ninth grade. When you're in when you're going to 7 on 7. That's what's really cool about Warren Academy. Mm-hmm. It's cuz they're giving kids like that an opportunity to connect coaches. with schools. You you have yes. to you have to build a relationship with the high school coaches. The high school coaches should be on you should be on speed dial with mm-hmm. those guys and they should feel like, "Hey, from from and when, when I'm talking coaches, I'm I'm talking all the way to the top." Everybody, every single coach, this is to me. I know they're busy, but all the coaches should at some point have their own home school coach in the state of Nebraska. What's interesting um, is I believe it kind of works both ways in terms of recruiting. The, the college coach has to want to develop a relationship, but I think the high school coaches have to understand their role because – there are ways that you can put your school on the map. Omaha Westside is a school that's put themselves on the map 
because they go to coaches' clinics. They go to Missouri, and they go listen to Missouri coaches, Kansas coaches, K-State coaches, because there's coaches' clinics that are happen at hotels and in big conference rooms where high school coaches are able to go and meet those coaches and say, hey, listen, we got some guys for you. That's a way for high school coaches to connect with college coaches, mm-hmm. which in turn helps the athletes at that high school get recognized because those college coaches don't forget about that school. Yeah. It puts them on the map. So, like, in a certain way, in my opinion, it works two ways because the high school coaches, which have been knocked at here in the state, in the city of Lincoln especially, I'm not I'm not calling out anybody there, but in recent years they have been, it, that they have to understand their role in getting kids recruited as well. Well, I mean, what is their role in getting kids recruited? Give, making phone calls, having connections, having conversations. Mm-hmm. Wanting to talk to coaches when when Mickey comes in, wanting to get to know Mickey Joseph as a person before knowing Mickey Joseph as a football coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying help, you have to be best it, friends. It just helps, though. It just helps. It helps the process yeah. when you have a person that you can talk to on a on a different level. It helps the process. It helps you. Yeah. You know our relationship. Over the time that me and you've been dealing with each other, mm-hmm. is growing better and better because we spend time with each yes. other. And so you have to spend time with these high school coaches from eight man because there's eight man players. There may be one guy that can play at the University of Nebraska, but if you don't spend the time, you don't know. Yeah. More with the captain, the ticket, ninety three point seven. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.